Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Diecast Movie Review Podcast. My name is Michaela Turek, and I'm here with my dad, Stephen, and my brother, Ben. And we're going to be interrupting our normal programming where we roll a die and pick a genre and movie at random for a hot take on a new movie. We're going to be reviewing Knives Out today. And to give you a little bit of an insight into the movie, we're going to play the trailer for you right now. I think you have something you want to tell me. Harlan started out with a Rusty Smith Corona and built himself into one of the best-selling mystery writers of all time. 30 languages, over 80 million copies sold. You guys fans? I mean, I don't do much fiction reading myself. Big but... fan. I'm a big fan. Who is that guy? Uh, Mr. Blanc is a private investigator of great renown. I read a tweet about a New Yorker article about you. You're famous. The night of his demise, the family had gathered to celebrate your father's 85th birthday. And your son, Ransom, did he attend as well? Yes, but he left early. I think Linda was upset. Walt would get a little Irish courage in him. He'd get into it with Harlan. What? Richard said what? Are you baiting me, detective? Attempting to be thorough so we can figure out the manner of death. You mean if someone killed him? <laughs> you think one of us, one of his family, Walt, Walt. killed him? Mr. Blanc, I just buried my father who committed suicide. Why are you here? I suspect foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. Harlem was cleaning house. Everyone in the family has possible motives. Was Harlan planning on cutting off Joni? Did he plan to fire Walter? Is Richard having an affair? That's some heavy-duty conjecture. Funny, Ransom, you skipped the funeral, but you're early for the will reading. Up your ass. Very nice. Oh, Ransom. 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 I gotta do this more often. The family is truly desperate. When people get desperate, the knives come out. This is a twisted web. And we are not finished untangling it. Not yet. Keep waiting for the big reveal. All of them lied to me. There is one guilty party behind it all. You know something. Spill it. Oh my God. Tell me what happened to my grandfather. I think you have something you want to tell me. <laughs> So that was the trailer for Knives Out. So we're going to briefly go around and do a little bit of uh, what's new with us right now. So, Ben, do you want to start? Okay, I'll kick it off. School finals. Lots and lots of exams. How many are you taking? Four final exams. One unit exam. Tomorrow we're recording this the Sunday night. Okay, anything else you want to mention or just school? Uh, Milo, our lovely little dog, has been much better behaved today and yesterday. That's an honorable mention. Okay. 
Dad, what about you? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, I found out I have bronchitis, so bear with me if I do some coughing during this episode. And we just want to get this done because we wanted to get the Knives Out movie done last week. And it was going to be just Ben and I because Michaela missed going to see it with us. And when she found out that we were going to do the podcast about her, she said, can you wait for me? And we waited, and she saw the movie, and now we're reviewing it. So all three of us can do it together. And what's up with you, Mikkel? Nothing much is really new with me. Just work. That's it. So, Dad, do you want to go into the uh, summary or synopsis of the movie? <clears throat> sure. The trailer pretty much gives um, most of a, um, an idea what the movie's about, but a brief synopsis would be, when a crime novelist dies after his 85th birthday, an inquisitive detective arrives at his estate to investigate. He soon sifts through a web of red herrings and self-serving lies to uncover the truth behind the writer's untimely demise. And uh, this will be a spoiler-free um, review, but we're going to try to make it as spoiler-free as we can, but there might be some things given away that happen in the um, early parts of the movie to up to the midway point. And um, just to warn anybody that's listening after this point, if you want nothing spoiled at all of the whole movie, then listen to this after the movie. But we're not going to spoil the ending or any of that. And so now moving on to the different uh, actors and creators uh, in the film that we wanted to highlight, I think, Ben, you wanted to go first and talk about the director? Yes, I'm going to talk about... Everybody's favorite Knives Out director, Ryan Craig Johnson. So, Ryan Johnson was born in 1973. He's 45 years old. He has directed such other films as Brick in 2005, The Brothers Bloom in 2008, Looper in 2012, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and most recently, our featured film, Knives Out. Of his films that he's directed, I've seen... Looper and Star Wars The Last Jedi, and I greatly enjoyed both. And I've also seen he's done three episodes of Breaking Bad, and I do remember them, and they were pretty good. Okay, yeah, but I enjoyed Ryan Johnson also, and I know he kind of suffers a lot of heat for the Star Wars movie, but I actually enjoyed that movie, so it's I'm not, I'm not a hater on what he did with the Star Wars movie. What did you think of this, um, his prior movies? Okay, so the only other movie of Ryan Johnson's that I've seen is Star Wars The Last Jedi, which I liked it. And of course, the new Star Wars movie is coming out soon. Yes. Okay, on to the next person of focus. All right, I'm going to talk about Dan- <coughs> excuse me, Daniel Craig. And um, Daniel Craig, of course, is um, the current 007 James Bond. He's been that since the Casino Royale movies. But he also has done other films that I've seen. Road to um, Perdition with Tom Hanks. That was a very good movie set in the uh, the gangster era. And, of course, he was in um, <clears throat> The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and Lucky and Logan Lucky. And I enjoy all those films. He's actually done quite a few f- movies, so I haven't seen all of his work. But I think Michael might have seen A Kid in King Arthur's Court. No. Oh, you, I have. It was ben has. That I was knew good. One of you two have. So he was in that. It was like his second film. That's nice. But um, I think he does an excellent job as the inspector. Very inquisitive. 
very, how should I say, um, stereotypical of what a novelist's inspector would be like. Yeah, he was a little bit like um, Perot mixed in with um, Ms. Marble. Marple. Marple. Marple, thank you. You know, those, those kind of things. So it was a throwback to the old whodunits. I was going to talk about them more when we got to the movie, but... And Michaela's going to talk about Chris Evans. So Chris Evans is an American actor who I guess is most well-known for his role as Steve Rogers in Captain America. And He's also been in some other movies uh, like Not Another Teen Movie, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Gifted, and he has made... He's been in a Broadway production of Lobby Hero. Um, and so in Knives Out, he plays the uh, trust fund grandson of the uh, mystery writer who ends up dying after his 85th birthday. And so I think he does a very good job in this role. It's a little bit different from... Well, it's very different from the role of Steve Rogers, who he's most well-known for. Yeah. Is there anything you two wanted to add? I thought he did a good job. It was, again, I agree with you. It was different than his normal roles that we've seen him in. Yeah. Much more realistic. And Ben, you're going to be talking about Christopher Plummer. Yes. Christopher Plummer, who has won... A bunch of awards. He got an Academy Award in 2011, a BAFTA Award in 2011, a Golden Globe Award in 2011, Screen Actors Guild Award in 2011. He has two Tony Awards, 1974 and 1997, two Emmy Awards, 1977 and 1994, and two Drama Desk Awards, 1982 and 1997. He's best known for portraying Captain George Von Trapp in Sound of Music in 1965. And he's been in a bunch of other movies, The Fall of the Roman Empire, uh, First Duke of Wellington, he was that character in Waterloo, Um, The Man Who Would Be King, The Insider, The Last Station, The Exception, All the Money in the World, and his career has spanned six decades. He's a very well-versed actor. And he's played a rather wide variety of roles in his life. And this is just another really fun Christopher Plummer role that he really flushes out well. Yeah, the, the scenes of him and Marta and him and the family are very are very good. And uh, Christopher Plummer, I mean, he really does not, I don't think he's ever done a bad job in any movie he's been in or work. Okay, so... <clears throat> That takes it. I'm going to be talking about Anna de Armas, and um, she's an up-and-coming actress who's done a lot of work in Spanish-language films, but has switched over in the last couple of years into more Hollywood-driven films. Um, Blade Runner 2049, um, she was excellent in that. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. And, of course, she was in Yesterday... But her scenes, sadly, were deleted. So if you're looking for a net, you're going to have to wait for the DVD or the Blu-ray release. Um, besides Knives Out, she's going to be coming out in the upcoming James Bond movie, No Time to Die. 
again with Daniel Craig as the star. So she'll be in another film with Daniel Craig, and uh, hopefully they have some scenes together because their chemistry in the movie was really good, where they acted, uh, where um, he was a, like a mentor type figure or a helpful figure to her trying to solve the mystery. Okay, and then, uh, Michael, I think you want to talk about Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is an American actress. She made her film debut in 1978 as Laurie Strode in the horror film Halloween, uh, where she got her established title as a scream queen and appeared in a bunch of different horror films in the 80s like The Fog, Prom Night, and Terror Train. Uh, she's reprised her role as Laurie in the four, in four sequels, including Halloween 2, Halloween H2O 20 years later, and Halloween Resurrection, and the most recent one, Halloween, that was released in 2018. Um, I think... The role that I most remember her for actually is as the mom in the Freaky Friday uh, 2013 version with Lindsay Lohan. And um, so, yeah, I really did like her role in this movie. She was the oldest daughter of the mystery writer. Um, and you could tell that she had a really close relationship with her dad. And yeah, I really liked her acting. I, I really enjoyed her when she was in A Fish Called Wanda. Uh, that was a great comedy, and it's a really it's a really good film. I don't I don't think either of you have seen A Fish Called Wanda. Um, if you like British humor, it's kind of similar in that tape that that, that um, take. Kevin Klein is also in it. It's it's a really good film. Well, my favorite Jamie Lee Curtis film is always going to be Halloween. I could probably watch every film that she's ever been in and still like Halloween the most. Even though I'm not personally afraid of that movie, I very much enjoy it. Which Halloween? The original Halloween. Which is interesting because you told me you liked The Fog better than the original Halloween. No, I said The Fog was scarier than the original Halloween. To me, I enjoyed Halloween more, especially its sequels. I don't know why. I find them all hilarious, especially the fourth and fifth ones. That's what most people go to watch for humor. They just put on Halloween, the 1970 edition, and say, I'm just going to laugh all the time. I mean, it's just that it's so cheesy looking now that it kind of like, <laughs> it makes me laugh at it. That's how I feel about the Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. For those of us like myself that like the love Halloween, the 1978 edition, you can direct your hate mail directly to Ben. It's just not a scary movie. You're, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. That's fine. Yeah, you know what? That tells us it's time to move on to the next topic. Ben, you're going to be talking about Edie Patterson. Eddie. Eddie? I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it's Eddie Patterson. Did I just say Eddie? I have no idea. You well, said I just Eddie. said Eddie Patterson. You said, you said Edie. Eddie. You said Edie. I never got a chance anyway. to finish. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, Eddie Patterson was born in 1981. She's an American com comedy actress. She's best known for playing Veronica in par Partners and Miss Abbott in Vice Principals. She also had a voice role on the show 
We Bear Bears. Uh, I think that's what I know her from. I don't know if I've... I don't think I've seen too many of the TV shows and movies that she's been in. Although I did very much enjoy her in this film. I want to say the character's name was Franny. Yeah, she played a housemaid named Franny who was one of the more emotional characters in the film and really brought a lot of a different take on the circumstances than the rest of the family members, which was kind of refreshing to see the whole mix. She does come off a little bit hysterical, but that's to be expected when one's long-term employer dies suddenly. (coughs) What did you guys think of Eddie Patterson as Franny? I thought she did a fine job. I mean, it was, um, it was a it was a smaller role than some of the other people having this ensemble cast, but it was a pivotal role. All right, so I'm going to talk about Michael Shannon, who plays the son of the person who died. I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head, but we'll get to the names on in a little Which bit. Which one we'll is know. it? Uh, you mean? Um, Christopher, Christopher Plummer. Plummer's son. Walt. Yeah. Thank you, Walt. Yeah. All right. Um, he's done a ton of film work. And a lot of times when I do these things, I don't try to talk about all the different films unless I've seen them. And the first film that I want to talk about is Man of Steel, where he played General Zod, which, of course, was the villain. And um, I, I thought he brought, it brought a, a good work to it because you could tell he had that um, that drive, that that. that especially near the end when he just wanted to kill Kal-El or Superman, the, the, the whole look in his face, the total um, crazy look of just wanting to take him out any way possible. Also, he was in the shape of water as Colonel Richard Strickland, and um, it was excellent, again, in a role as the antagonist. And uh, in a lot of these films, he does play an antagonist, not all of them, and some of them he is, you know, does get to play the protagonist or the good guy, depending on which film. But he's always, again, he does he does an excellent job in this role. It's a smaller, again, it's an ensemble cast, so not everybody has a ton of screen time except really for um, Daniel Craig and Anna de Armas. Um, they seem to be the, the ones with the most screen time in it, and everybody else has roughly an equal amount Um you know, depend and of what they get to work with and stuff, which is a t- typical case when you have one of these big whodunits with a gigantic cast. Um, anything you guys will talk about with Michael Shannon? He plays characters that put me in a situation where I feel uneasy on almost every movie I've seen him in. So I find him rather creepy to watch. Okay. Mikhail, is there anybody else you want to talk about? Uh, sure. I'll talk about Lagith Stanfield. He uh, played Detective Lieutenant Elliot in the movie. So he was the, uh, I believe, lead investigator from the police force. Um, so he is an American actor and rapper. Um, Some other films that he has been in are The Purge, Anarchy, Selma, Straight Outta Compton, um, Get Out, 
a version of Death Note. Uh, a girl in the spider's web. And, of course, Knives Out. Um, I liked his character. Uh, unfortunately, because of Daniel Craig's character coming in as the, like, outside... Um, Force investigator. Yeah, force investigator. You don't really see him take too much of a lead. Like, he's leading in the beginning, and then Daniel Craig kind of takes over as the movie goes through. But I do like how he plays the inspector, and I think the inspector, the lieutenant. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I thought him and his partner were rather refreshing. They're a little, like almost comedy routines throughout kept the mood light at times and helped develop the plot a lot throughout the movie. And Ben, I think you wanted to talk about Catherine, Catherine Langford. Yes. I wanted to talk about Kathleen Lang, Catherine Langford. Uh, she's best known for playing Hannah Baker in 13 reasons why in the first two seasons, she's also been in different television things like robot chicken RuPaul's Drag Race and Cursed. Cursed has not come out yet. Um, She's been in a couple other films like Love, Simon, The Misguided, Avengers Endgame, and the most recent one being Knives Out. Um, And she's also been nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Actress from a television series drama. Uh, She's one of the younger cast members. She was born in 1996. And she's also one of the less experienced cast members, but she's had bigger roles than some of the other ones. And I think that she kind of, she brought an emotional side to this role that's more innocent than some of the other characters. Okay, who has the next person? All right. Um, One of the people I wanted to bring up who has a very small, small role is M. Emmett Walsh, mainly because I love him as a character actor. He's been in a ton of work. He's been working since the, the 60s all the way up. Like Christopher Plummer, he's in his 80s and has been working for multiple, multiple decades. And he's one of those faces when you see him, he's like, I've seen him in Phil. I've seen him before. And it's so he's in a ton of different movies, again, in small parts usually. But if you go back, he was in... Um, Airport 77, The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, Blade Runner, tying in with the Blade Runner 2049, uh, Missing in Action, which is one of those great Chuck Norris action flicks from the 80s, and Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, Lots of different films that he's been in. Those are just a few of them that I have seen. I've seen many more of his work. I just don't want to, you know, bore everybody going down his film history, but he's in this, he plays the um, security person who has to, has done, watches all the videotapes, the security guard type person. And he's been working for the family for a long, long time. And he's only in the movie probably for what, four minutes. But again, it's a nice, good role. Okay. Do you want to move on to talking about the movie a little bit? Yeah, so unless Ben has anybody else he wants to talk about, that's all I was going to say. Nah, let's just go into the movie. Okay, so what were some likes 
that everybody had with the movie. We'll start with Benjamin, and then we'll go to Mikhail, and then we'll come back to me. We'll go alphabetical. I really enjoyed the pacing of the movie because it didn't get too slow, and it wasn't too fast where it was just throwing things at you, kind of like some of the Sherlock Holmes were. But it was, like, evenly paced, where everything progressed in a logical manner. Although it did have some flashbacks in the film, but they helped develop the plot a great deal. So I I really enjoyed it. It was almost like the ultimate Agatha Christie movie, even though it wasn't really related to Agatha Christie. Whereas, like, the if you were reading a murder mystery and you were imagining it as a film, this is exactly what you would imagine. Yeah, so I'm going to go off of what Ben said there, and I, uh, one of the things I liked about the movie is that it reminded me a lot of different um, adaptations of Agatha Christie novels that I've seen, like the Miss Marples or the Poirots um, and some of her other books that have been made into movies as well as her books themselves, and which I really enjoy the pacing and how the story kind of unfolds for you, um, which, so I found great enjoyment in that uh, taking place during this movie. Yeah, I agree with both of you. The pacing was good because it was a, it's a little over two hours of a movie. I think two hours and ten minutes. Yep, two hours and ten minutes. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, about just about that. And... Um, Unlike Murder on the Orient Express or um, uh, Death, in, Death on the Nile or Death at the Nile, uh, some of those other ones that have been adapted from in the murder mysteries from Agatha Christie's work, the pacing is really good, but also it has a lot of humor. Um, it's probably the most humorous whodunit I've seen that's not a flat-out comedy. you know. So it's it, it really ties it in nicely to help keep things moving and the way the family bickers amongst themselves and as there's different things is, is realistic to what a family like that would be when it's totally dysfunctional. And uh, I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. Whoever wrote, I don't know, I'm guessing it was the writers or partially the director, but they had a good sense for comedic timing and where they could stray into the little bit more comic side while still holding true to what was going on and not completely like uh, doing a joke just for the sake of the joke, but putting it in there so that it fits with what the characters are actually doing. And yet still as us from a fourth wall audience perspective, find it humorous because we know things that, other actors and the other characters in the movie don't know. And the movie was written also by Ryan Johnson, the director. So I was right. It did have to do with the writer and the director. Well, it's, uh, yeah, hopefully he had a, a good communication with his writer. You know, hopefully there was not a <laughs> lack of dialogue going on there, an understanding of the script. <laughs> ben, anything else did you like? More likes? Um... I liked every actor in the film. I think they all did good jobs. They all portrayed their characters very well and in a very believable but entertaining manner. So it was like you got exactly what you wanted from every actor in the whole film, which speaks a lot to all the actors, and it also speaks a lot to the director, where none of them really stole the film too much. 
but none of them were inept at the same time, where they just couldn't communicate the emotion. Yeah, I agree. It was very well cast. I mean, it was. I can't picture anybody else playing those different roles. And and I think the biggest one was with Daniel Craig, being um, from British, um, from United Kingdom, playing somebody with the Southern accent. And when you're so used to him being James Bond and having that that accent going on, he that, he did a very good job of selling it and um, was able to do an effective um, role. More likes from you, Mikhail? I, not that I, I think I talked about most of them. Like, I don't want to go too much into it and spoil things for people, so. One of the things I liked was how things that were shown up early in the film tied up later on. So there's a lot of uh, things, if you're paying attention, you'll notice and be like, oh, this is nice, this is nice, this is nice. And then it gets wrapped up either midway through or in the second half of the film. But one of the things I really loved was the dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're two adorable German shepherds that are awesome. They're cute. They were cute. They were hilarious, too. Yeah. we Yeah, they were, they were really good. There's a lot of good humor with the dogs, oh, and, yes. it, and, it's, and, and there's a lot of good... Not just verbal humor, but um, um, psych gags, I guess yeah. you could say. And especially those involving the canines. Yeah. And they actually helped, they were actually like part of the plot where they mattered to the story to some extent. Yeah. But that, that, yeah. It, it's not, I don't, it's, we're not, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't give any, I don't think yeah. it gives anything away as to who would have done what, where, when, that kind of thing. Any other likes, Ben? Um, I'm not going to say any other things that I like about it because I don't want to like compromise anybody else's viewing of the movie by accidentally spoiling things. One thing I really liked was the score. And Nathan Johnson um, did the music. And I think it really fit with the movie well. And um, it was really nice early on when... The inspector, and this, this this you see in the trailer. You actually you, you can see in the trailer is the inspector is talking or or um, interrogating the different people. First, it's the lieutenant, detective lieutenant, and the trooper interrogating the people. And then when Daniel Craig's character comes in, he's sitting in the background, and when they're talking, you hear a certain sound like this. And suddenly the detective will change his line of questioning. And it's just, it's just kind of funny, <laughs> you know, cause that's going on. And um, it's, it, so to me, it was just kind of cool how they did that little bit with the piano to go in there. And um, why, and then of course they asked him like, who the heck is that guy? And they finally explained who he was doing, what he was doing there. And this is all happening in the first like 15, 20 minutes of the film. Do you want to move on to any uh, dislikes or criticisms? We'll start with you, Ben. Um, there's nothing that when I was watching it, I thought, oh, man, I hate that. There were certain things that, like, I 
thought were gross, when you watch the movie, you will understand. But, like, besides that, I didn't have anything that I was like, oh, man, this whole totally ruined the whole movie for me. I don't really think there was anything I would really change about the movie. It was very well put together. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I did just see the movie last night. Uh, so there's not really anything that I have to, I guess, criticize much at all. Um, I enjoyed it. It made me laugh. My younger brother enjoyed it. Well, my youngest brother, because I saw it with our younger brother, not with Ben. Um, but yeah. Dad? Yeah, I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, the, I think I, the only thing I could say is a dislike, and it, it's a minor, minor, minor thing, is Ben and I, when we saw the movie, were able to figure out who did it pretty quick. But that happens sometimes with every whodunit. Sometimes you could figure it out, sometimes you can't. But I still enjoyed the ride and the twist and the turns of the movie that he put in there and the overall explanation. So it's so it's it's, it's just it's, it's a minor dislike. But I think the good part about that to me is that it's a movie that it will bear watching again because even if you know who did it, you're not, you're still going to enjoy the ride of of the experience and going through it. So it, it, it's it's just a minor thing, but you know it's sometimes you get lucky, you know, and you, you can figure things out. So Ben, would you recommend this movie? Yes, I would give this movie a ten out of ten knife recommend. How many knives do you give this movie, Kaylee? I can't say that otherwise that'll be a spoiler. Um I know what she wants to say. <laughs> I, I could see it in her eyes, but sadly, yeah, it would be a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that. Yeah. I I can't say that. Um I give this movie uh ten knives and a bullseye. Um <laughs> out of 10 um i would totally recommend this movie uh it's just a great whodunit it's uh i guess a more modern take on the classic agatha christie style of murder mysteries um honestly i think anybody would like it um yeah like if you live breathe and like watching movies this is definitely a good movie to go and watch. Very entertaining. Yeah, I highly recommend this movie. Um, it's not, I wouldn't say, I, I hate using the, the scales of tens or whatever. I just, I highly recommend it. Is it a perfect movie? No. Is it a, is it, is it a great movie? Yes. It's a, it's a movie you're going to have a fun time with. You're going to enjoy it. And it has one of the most unique car chases in the history of movies that you'll definitely enjoy also. And when you see it, you'll know, and it's 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 just great. Of all the car chases we will talk about on this podcast, it was by far one of the funniest. Eh. 
it was funny with the ending part, but it was there, there was yeah. But, but I would not say it's the funniest. I would say it might be the most realistic car chase because I could like see somebody trying to do that. Anyway, moving on. And one of the other things I love about this movie is it bought me an extra week of time before I have to finally watch Wu Chi Demon Slayer. Yes, I have been waiting for everyone to watch Wuchi Demon Slayer for so long. I'm getting very antsy. Very. Why are you getting antsy? Because I want everybody to watch Wuchi Demon Slayer. I won the darn die roll. Yeah. It was my turn to pick, and yeah. we are not talking about Wuchi Demon Slayer yet. But we got to see Knives Out, and you said it was a 10 out of 10. I said I would recommend it 10 out of 10 Knives. So, you're so saying, I would recommend it to so people. I'm not saying it is a great film. And moving on. And, and that's something we might keep on for our future things, the little note to move us to the next topic. Yeah. Do it might have, not be that exact note, but we're we, probably going to have something like that. Do we have a next topic? Gucci well, Demon Slayer. But, but our next episode is not a movie. It's an interview that I was able to do with John Walsh. Mm-hmm. Yes, John Walsh, who's um, a writer, director. Um, he's also a podcaster, and he's a um, he's written the book Harry Howells and the Lost Movies, and we're going to be talking about his book and um, some of the films that he's done in his career. Um, he was gracious with his time to give to me, and he knew Ray Harry Housen for a number of years and was able to... A lot of those commentaries that are on the this that are out there, he recorded with Ray Harryhausen. So there's a lot of questions I asked him about different things, particularly you know referring to the lost movies or concepts that could have happened. But that's going to be coming out later this week. Um, something you should be able to listen to and enjoy. Okay, and that's going to wrap up this episode. This has been another episode of the Diecast Movie Review Podcast. Hope you'll tune in next week to see which movie we pick next. Don't forget to leave us feedback on Diecast Movie Review Podcast Facebook page. And also you can email us at diecastmoviereviewpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please remember all recordings of cast members are the sole property of the Diecast Movie Review Podcast and should not be used without the permission of the Diecast Movie Review Podcast. Thank you.